0: We are to look like Christ, live like Christ, be like Christ. For most of us, we kind of get that. But to be clothed with Christ? What does that mean? Let's talk about it next on Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Love like Christ. Yeah, we understand it. It's a challenge, but we understand it. But to be clothed in Christ? How do we do that? What does it look like? Now, Paul gives us a glimpse of this in Romans 13, verses eight through 14. In fact, today's message is called Love and Clothe Yourself with Christ. And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard from Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Join us, won't you? As we love and clothe ourselves with Christ. For more on this now, here's Pastor Phil Howard on this edition of Truth For Today. Let
1: no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For he who loves his fellow man has fulfilled the law. The commandments do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and whatever other commandment, Uh, There may be are summed up in this one rule love your neighbor as yourself Love does no harm to its neighbor Therefore love is the fulfillment of the law and do this Understanding the present time the hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber Because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed the night is nearly over The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us behave decently as in the daytime, not in orgies and drunkenness, not in sexual immorality and debauchery, not in dissension and jealousy. Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think, about how to gratify the desires of the sinful nature. I think three things he says here that we want to look at. Uh, he says it over and over in the New Testament. It just seems like how many times, God, do you have to say it? Anybody raised any children? How many times do you have to say it? I just returned from a vacation with my grandchildren And my volume prescription has just run out. So, I mean, my kneecaps are healing and different things. How many times do you have to say it? And so when God says something once, it's pretty important. But when God says it over and over, and God's not a stutterer, uh, he's saying, you don't get it, do you? Do you hear me? I want you to love. And we're going to look at that. And then he says something that's striking to Christians. I want you to wake up. You can be alive and still be asleep. And he's talking to Christians. Uh, Wake up. Don't you know what time it is? Wake up. Wake up. When are you going to do it? Manana. Manana. You've said that for so long. You know, tomorrow. Tomorrow. He tells them to wake up. And then finally, he says, dress right. Dress right. Dress for the occasion. I want you to put on Christ. Let's look at what he says here. Something so profound. He simply says, when you love and the new covenant people have been born again, the new commandment was given to us in the upper room. Uh, My disciples are known because they love. First John, love the brethren, love love. I just read John 15 this morning. If you abide in me, you will love. He who keeps my commandments loves, loves, loves. Did you know what? When you love, you don't need a bunch of rules. When you love, you don't need, you're not under the law. That's an interesting thing. Are Christians under the law? Well, uh, God says over and over in Galatians, Romans, He says, we're not under law, but under grace. Now, does that make us lawless? Does that mean we get to make up all of our ethics and our behavior? And Joseph Fletcher says, as long as it's loving, you can do it. The situation ethics. If love is going on in your heart, it doesn't matter what you do. Well, he is saying, no, though we're not under law, we have a greater motivation for what we do in our lives. And it's called a love motivation. And he says, when we love, as God works through our heart, we won't have to worry about stealing. I can't love you and be stealing from you. I can't be loving you and trying to hit on your wife. I can't be loving you and wanting to kill you at the same time. So that love, the positive... See, much Christianity, and I grew up with much of this, was always negatives. I was always told what I couldn't do. Just tell me the one positive. Do the one positive, and you'll eliminate about a thousand rules. Just love. Just love. You won't gossip about someone you love, because love covers a multitude of sin. Right? So at the base of our misbehavior is always we're not loving them. We're not loving them. And so he tells us people over and over. He said in chapter 12, love your enemies, love what? I mean, it's nothing new. He's been saying it all over the New Testament. And I think the thing you need to ask yourself, am I doing it? That's, that's, the, that's our greatest sins. The two greatest sins you and I commit is we do things in which we show we're not loving God and we're not loving people. The two greatest commandments are love God, love people. The two greatest sins is I don't love God, and I'm not loving people. If those are the greatest commandments, my greatest sins are these. And if I'm not doing those, I'm liable to break out in all other kinds of behavior, right? Because when I'm not loving God, I start exalting other gods, other idols, Because, you know what, man is not a being that doesn't love. His problem is he loves the wrong things. uh, Timothy says he will love himself. Uh, That's why the self-image movement is a fallacy. Uh, I don't need to be taught to love myself. That's part of my problem. I love me too much. Uh, Love of money. Uh, right there, love of pleasure. And that's what I think is going on in the culture. Love of pleasure has so captured our kids. They've got to be entertained constantly. You've got to have a video. You've got to have a tech. Have you ever heard of chopping wood? <laughs> have you ever heard of mowing the lawn? Have you ever heard of a, a push-up? Not, not pushing towards the fridge. I mean a push-up. You actually, it, it, it's something I could show you after service. That, that you do something is it, entertain me entertain me a, a, and it's so easy oh what's we going to do on friday night well we got to take them to a movie we, they just watched three videos today well we got to go to another why what is this this addiction we love to be entertained we love me we love pleasure we love possessions man they take our time they consume our resources they consume our thinking so god says wait 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 i didn't put you here to start a fan club for yourself i put you here to love people on my behalf and i do a work in regeneration he comes into our selfish lives our self-centeredness and makes us other-centered we start becoming conscious of god conscious of people. Let me ask you this. Uh, uh, how are you doing at loving people? You see, the law, when we were under the law, the law did three things that were devastating to us. Three things. The law, first of all, revealed how perfect God really is. And he said that in Romans 7. The law is good. The law is perfect. Ooh, what we need is better rules and we'll keep them. No, you won't. God revealed perfect rules, and we broke them all. So the law reveals God's perfect standard. Two, it reveals that I'm a rebel, and that I won't come under them. I, I, don't, I don't either have the power, nor the want to do them. They look simple enough. Don't steal, don't covet. Ah, no None of you have ever stolen. None of you have ever coveted. And I just told a lie, sarcastically. It's a way of human existence. And then the third thing the law does and was intended to do is, buddy, you can't do it. You need a savior who will do it for you, who will keep that law and give you credit for it, and someone who will pay for all that you haven't. So, what has God given me instead of the law? He has given me a wonderful Savior who has paid for my penalty for breaking it, and he's given me the Holy Spirit to do what I couldn't do under the law. We have a new power source in the Christian life. God's not just telling us to fly and not giving us the power to fly. The power source is in the Spirit. I was reading uh, John this morning when he said, abide in me. I, I got to thinking, you know, jets are fabulous. But you know what you always have to figure out with a jet? It has to always carry its own fuel supply. The jet cannot exist without a resource to power. And you can't fly without remaining close to the source of the fuel. It is the Spirit of God. It is abiding in Christ. It's dependence on the Spirit. Um, let me go back to love. Uh, you, if I ask you, do you are, are you a lover of people? And I'll, I'll look at my notes. It makes it easier on some of you. Do you love people? Maybe let me ask this way. Do they know it? Do they know it? Are, are you one of these people? Well, I love them in my heart. I don't have to show it. And it's that, that line I say that is... When you love someone and you don't tell them, it's like winking at your girlfriend in the dark. <laughs> the sentiment's nice, but it's worthless. Come on. How about the wink in the daylight? I, said, I love you in my heart. <laughs> that doesn't, here I'm dying. But boy, I, as I die and I fall off, hey man, we'll be praying for you. I don't need your prayers. I need you to rescue me. I need you to help me. How do I know that you're loving me? And I'm going to tell you, I've been in church. It's amazing the people i felt the most loved around, and it wasn't those who knew the most. Man, you can die in a seminary trying to be affirmed, <laughs> finding somebody that's got enough knowledge. That, all they do is give an exegesis of Cotta Artizo. And I'm saying, I could care less. I need help. Gary Chapman wrote a great book. So practical. For marriage. And how to keep your love bank full. And all that like that. But he gave us five ways uh, people love. And this may be used for you. Not only in your marriage. But in your, uh, the body of Christ. And so we all don't love the same way. Some of us... The last time we had a warm fuzzy is when we owned a rabbit. I mean, you're so non-feely-feely. Uh, I grew up around feely, touch, uh, emotion, affection, open affection. Some of you, I mean, you're going, that, that's why you're ready for the coffin. That's the way they look in the coffin. You're already there. You're frozen. Uh, but, you say, I love. how? How? Let me give you five ways. See if you've, now, if you don't fit this chart, you are really in bad shape. One of these have got to be. One, words of affirmation. And uh, uh, in love language, I, I think that's my uh, favorite. Uh, I just, I, I want a, a good word. It does me good for a month. I think Daniel Webster said that. So for my birthday, my girls just send cards. They take this so literal. I'm looking for the gift. I said, you said your greatest gift is words. Well, come on, you can send something. Uh, words of affirmation. How many of you, is that's your love language, a good word? Okay. Three of you, that's good. <laughs> quality time. How many of you is that? Just give me quality time. My wife is this way. It's weird. Uh, We've made trips before. We've been times when we were just driving across the desert, and she'd say, I love it. Death Valley, and you love it? (laughs) The Mojave Desert, we'd be going back. I just love this. We used to go to Texas in the summer when I was going to seminary. She'd say, I just love it. And I thought, what is it? Cactus, sand, no phone calls. You're not talking to anybody. I got you. We're just away. That's why we've hid in restaurants for so many years. We hope you don't find us. Now I have to scan a restaurant. There's so many people. Hey, pastor, how you doing? I'm dying. Too late. Make an appointment. <laughs> My wife wants me right now. Quality time. Uh, do you give people any of your time? Uh, receiving gifts and giving gifts. How many of you at that church? Your expensive item, I could see it. I mean, and that's, uh, uh, man, I'm around some people, that they don't hardly exchange gifts that much. Uh, because uh, Carol and I, if you get quality time and good words, we're not worried about gifts. We've got so much that we never had that I don't need another shirt. Acts of service. Uh, do you know, who, how many of you, you love that way? You just do the deed. Do the deed. Yeah, that, that's, that's your way. Um, my brother David's that way. He's not big on words. He does the deed. He just does it. And, and don't tell anybody he did it because that'd it for him. He just does it. He looks as mean as he can be, but I've never seen him refuse to help. He, he's just not into a bunch of words because he saw a lot of verbal Christians that were didn't do anything. So, do the deed. Finally, physical touch, uh, affection, uh, affirmation. You know, uh, one of the things that I think in pastoral uh, ministry, what I'd really try to do, be truthful with you, uh, the older they are, the more I want to do touch. Especially... Uh, Seniors, they say children die without touch. Children have to grow up with touch. They've done studies in orphanages. The baby that does not ever get held and nurtured dies in orphanages. We need touch. Tactile. Don't make it metaphoric. Touch. Hug stuff. Some of you just. (laughs) Okay. We'll pray for you. Uh, I, I grew up. I, n- I grew up not only in my home, it wasn't, I, the, the Pentecostals I grew up, we were huggers. Uh, we were brothers and sisters. I was I always called Brother Howard. I was never called Phil. I was Brother Howard, Brother, Sister. It was all family, hug, touch, and, and I know that makes some of you nervous, but it's a way people love. They show their expression that way. And I have to watch it. I mean, even with the guy, I either want to hit him or just grab him on the arm. And, and then you can keep them from hurting you, and you can also touch. So he says, we ought to be involved in love. And then he says, we ought to wake up. Uh, Do this loving now. Get with it now. And do this because you understand the present time. And how many people do you think understand the time? From the prophetic clock, not the times of Obama's administration, the economic chaos we're in. Not, Not just the United States scene, but are you living aware that that we're running out of time and that things aren't always going to be this way? And it's it's time for you to wake up from your slumber. And I I read a thing of of all uh, places uh, on sleep. Uh, I just, I got this quote from Encyclopedia Britannica that they define sleep this way. A state of inactivity with a loss of consciousness and a decrease in responsiveness to events taking place. So, inactivity, asleep, I'm not aware of what's going on, I'm asleep. Uh, can you be alive and asleep? Well, sure, you can be in a coma. Do you see any saints in a coma? I know Jesus when's the last time you woke up brother Rip Van Winkle it's I'll 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 serve sometime I've been praying about giving how many years when are you going to get in a small group I'm thinking about it wake up wake up and if you think that is just something that he's throwing out, you read Revelation 3.2. Sardis, wake up. You say you're alive, but I know you're dead. And besides that, wake up. Be spiritually alert. Come on, grab a clue. We're in last days. We're in hard times. Everything's at stake, good and evil at war. God is doing what he's doing. It's not going to be forever, this opportunity. The flood is coming. The coming of Christ is coming. We've only got this window of opportunity. When are you going to wake up? Jesus lost his whole following in one prayer meeting because they all went to sleep. And they all left him that night. He knew something about sleep. You say you're loyal to me, Peter. You can't even make it through a prayer meeting without going to sleep. Ephesians says it. Wake up, you sleeper. Awake from the dead. He's not talking, wake up to be saved. These are believers. He's talking to the children of mercy. Wake up. Quit being unconscious that people are perishing. People are lost. Kids need to be reached. If you're ever going to do it for God, you must do it now. Wake up. How long will you sleep? This is no time to sleep. This is no time to sleep. We're urban soldiers trying to win people in this urban area with the claims of Christ. It's never been easy. It's never been friendly to the gospel. When will the soldiers wake up? You know what? You can be in the soldier's uniform and you can have the soldier's assignment, but you're worthless in the barracks. You've got to be awake and at your post of duty. Where are you standing in the cause of Christ in our day? Where do we find you on duty? Some of you think making this morning service is your duty. No, this is your privilege. This is a fueling station. This is a corporate experience where we can worship, hear the word of God. And we are the people that come together because we've got something in common in a pagan dark night world. We come together. We cluster. No matter where we are on the globe, we get in clusters. Say, you know him too. I know him too. You love him too. I love him too. Ooh, what a privilege. Let's sing to him. You're really that sleepy? Yeah, unless Tommy Walker does it, I just don't get into it. I just wish I had pastoral authority just to box the daylight sound. Wake up, boy. Wake up. Don't you know your marriage is in trouble? Don't you know that... You're about to fall into some sin. You don't know the temptation, and you're asleep. You're, you're, I see parents this way. You got kids, well, we're going to take it. When do you want to bring them to church? When they're 15 and they've done their first shave? You can't start soon enough. You want to start praying when they're in the womb. God save my baby. God help me to be on the job. I'm on the job not asleep robert morrison a great missionary to china said this great line i often quoted i never have forgotten it he said we've got one hour before midnight to win our victories we'll have all eternity to celebrate them we've only got an hour wake up
0: And this is Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard, the ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules. Thank you for joining us today. It's our prayer that our time together here on Truth For Today encourages you in your walk and relationship with Christ. As we close out our broadcast, we would also like to invite you to contact us if you have a. Question about the broadcast, a prayer request? Maybe you'd like to order a copy of today's broadcast. We do have them available. Simply contact us and let us know of your interest. You can reach us at 855-833-9864. That's 855-833-9864. You are also welcome to write to us. Our address is 1511 M Sycamore Avenue. We're here at Suite 278, Hercules, California. Zip code is 94547. Now, another way to contact us and learn more about us would be to visit our website, valleybible.org. It's there that we have all kinds of information about who we are, what we believe, directions to the church, service times, and we also have a lot of resource material stored there as well. Simply go to valleybible.org and spend some time exploring our website, finding out about us a bit more. If you would like to become a TFT sustainer, we would love to hear from you. This broadcast is aired daily here on KFAX, as we are able to partner with you, our listeners, financially. Now, as a TFT Sustainer, you'll receive a quarterly newsletter, a once a year special gift. Take a break with Pastor Phil. Our weekly video devotional is available to you as well. And again, it's all as a TFT Sustainer. When you contact us with your gift of any amount, we'll sign you up 855 833 9864 or valleybible.org or you can write to us at 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278, Hercules, California, and the zip code is 94547. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.